Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Today's episode is sponsored by Apernio, an achievement acceleration company whose approach to professional development enables clients to gain insights and perspectives to live, work, and engage with more success. I want to welcome everyone to Mindset Playbook, where we get into the habits, the attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that are the foundation of success. And with that in mind, I want to welcome my guest today, Sean Doyle. Sean is an author, speaker, podcast host, and principal at Fitzmartin, Inc., a leading consultancy focused on sales, marketing, and management, sales and marketing technology services, and revenue operations. Sean and his team are focused on long-term value creation through a sales-first scientific approach to driving revenue. And over a 25-plus year career and more than 5,000 client engagements, Sean has amassed unmatched expertise in helping B2B companies sell more to their most profitable customers. Welcome, Sean, to Mindset Playbook, where we delve into the habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that lead to success as well as personal fulfillment. And on that note, Please share with us how the science of behavioral change can and should influence selling and marketing and how you found it your calling and why. Mm, Great question. First of all, I'm going to have to talk to my PR people. Unmatched is quite a claim. That's quite a claim. I may have to dial that back a little (laughs) bit. But I do have a a great story that, uh, that, and if your listeners will hang in, my promise is I can give you the insights of lowering customer acquisition costs, increasing lifetime value, spend a way to spend less money on bad marketing and understand what good marketing is, offer higher accountability, better way to manage your sales and marketing. And that's probably just as uh, over the top as unmatched. But it's true. The application of behavioral science to the sales and marketing thing brings perspective. It brings third-party structure. And it brings a, a, a thing that you can't just argue through, right? We all... We listen to the sales guy's promise and we think, man, third quarter is going to be great if that happens. So we want to believe it. So we do. Or we listen to the marketers. Uh, typically, they're filled with uh, lots of lots of hope. And uh, we go, okay, yeah, that, that might work this time. Or, or we like the, the, the hubris that comes in when consultants come in and tell us, if you just do this, that, and the other, man, all, this is all going to happen. Um, and, and maybe I should even say just overall sales and marketing guys are filled with hype. Um, and behavioral science, if you'll apply it, will offer all those promises I just gave. That's not what you asked me. That's the promise that the science right, right. gives though. So the journey there, uh, we, in 2002, I walked out the front door. I live in Alabama. So it was a, a cold February day. It's probably 70. 
That was a little joke. <laughs> if you live in Alabama, you get that. People have fur coats on when it's 70 here. Okay. But it, it uh, got a call from a doctor who had finally prescribed or, or diagnosed what was going on with my body. I'd gone from being a marathoner to falling asleep in the parking lot at work. Uh, I couldn't walk the steps of my stairs at the house, and it was it was bad. Um, wow. And I got this call. So at the same time, I got this terrible news of this chronic condition, and it ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to me. And part of that was the discovery of this thing, the transtheoretical theorem of behavioral change by three scientists, Prochotchka, Norcross, and DiClemente. And they're the smart people here. I'm just the marketer who hang on, hung on to other people's smart science and and uh, and and preach it and apply it. And uh, they're the smart folks. But instead of calling it the transtheoretical theorem of behavioral change, which causes most people to take a quick nap, we're going to call it centricity for the rest of the conversation. Because right. the neat thing about understanding behavioral change is it flips the way we talk. We stop talking about marketing. We stop talking about sales. We stop talking about the thing that we manufacture or the services we provide. And I live in that emerging middle market B2B world. And you know that's, the, that's typically what most people do is they talk about themselves. Or when we're in a meeting with sales or marketing or trying to manage it, we tend to talk about sales and marketing. Well, who cares? The, the centricity has to be on the customer. So that's either a profound statement that you never thought of before, or you're rolling your eyes going, of course, numbskull, but that, that's not the way you work. I promise if you'll listen in your next meeting, how many times do people talk about what your prospects or what your current customers need as they go through a change of behavior? either buying a product or service from you, buying a different product or service, buying a warranty, buying layers of you know things that would add on to the lifetime value. That's all behavioral change because they all your current customers even, one thing that the science teaches us is 80% of the people who change their behavior, like I quit smoking and I got in shape, 80% of those people, they're going to retreat, they're going to go back to smoking and they're going to quit going to the gym. I don't resemble that, Larry. I'm just telling you. Okay. I'm still going to the gym, and I never did smoke. So, okay. but that does that make sense? Like that journey just gave us so much clarity because we had we had clients over the 30 year career I've had. We had clients that we made them a lot of money. We had some clients that we failed on, just bombed, but we never could figure out why. This science gave us the third party, authoritative, truthful foundation that we could speak to. So we try in our meetings never to say, Larry, your your sales and marketing problems are late stage, and we think that this will help. What we say is, you've got a four or five conversion problem from action to exchange relationship, and there's six processes that behavioral science and form will help make a, a prospect make that change. So we're going to have the marketing team work on social liberation and helping relationships. We're going to work with the sales team on developing a good countering program and an environmental control program. And this is not our thinking. This is not our opinion. This is the way the application of science to sales and marketing works. So it's incredible. Our clients that have closed loop reporting, we see $284 return 
top line revenue for every dollar they spend with us and applying this process. It's incredible. So wow. the the great part of of the last years since uh, that that tough phone call in February is one I physically recovered. Two, it took me on an incredible spiritual journey. And as an aside, this science is reflected if you're a reader of the Bible, the Old Testament in Exodus three, four, five, six, chapters three, four, five, six in the Old Testament. It shows this exact journey. So it was a physical journey that brought me to where I am today, a spiritual journey, an incredible business journey. So if you want to think about this as as an application of scripture, the Old Testament scriptures or the application of behavioral science, I don't care. It's all the truth. It's the way people change. So, man, it's been an incredible journey. Uh, and I hope I get to share this the rest of my days. Right. Well, so wow. do, do you not share what the diagnosis was? Uh, oh, sure. It's uh, something called dermatomyositis, which uh, in the day oh. was a really, hey, this is a HIPAA violation, Larry. What are you doing, man? <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, it's this odd disease. It's an autoimmune disease oh. uh, that makes me weak and attacks my skin. And um, my doctor told me about three, four years ago when I was applying for life insurance, they care about these things, by the way. Uh, she said, ah, I'll write you a letter. You're fine. You're doing great. Mm. So it's been an incredible journey. Wow. Did it take them long to to find out what it was? Oh, wow. That's a whole nother episode. Can we yeah. do a second episode? Yeah. Okay. It was a series okay. of seven doctors. Um, it was great. After the sixth doctor, a friend of mine who's a nephrologist uh, came to me and said, You're, there's still something wrong. I can just see there's something mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I've got a friend. He used to play third base for the LSU baseball team. So if you know anything about baseball, the guy that plays third base is a tough nut, right? Mm -hmm. The ball comes off the bat really fast. You got to have a strong arm to make it over to first. Yeah. You got to move up on the ball to get it there in time. You got to be aggressive and crazy and wicked smart, right? You can't make, there's no hesitation. So when I heard that, I thought, this guy's going to be great. And he was, he's an incredible diagnostic, a diagnostician. And really I've got, you know, candidly watching him work has even given me this idea of forensic marketing and sales. Like, how do you how do you peel apart uh, a sales and marketing problem in a business that's that's trying to to lower customer acquisition costs or get higher lifetime value? And this science does that. It's a it gives you a framework to work within. And I'll just tell you an inside tip: um, probably eighty percent of the people, yeah, seventy five. I don't I don't I need to get a real number on that. Most of the people we talk to. They spend way too much money and time and resources on early stage work, advertising, just big blatant advertising or trade shows or just this kind of awareness thing. Because most advertising agency, most marketing people, most executives, and we work typically with the executives uh, of the team, they, they think about awareness as solving the problem. But I mean... I don't know this is true about you, Larry, but back, remember back when you weighed 400 pounds and you were smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, right? You were aware that that wasn't healthy for you, right? Did sure. awareness, Larry didn't does not weigh 400 pounds. No. Yeah. Didn't make any difference. <laughs> right. So we see people spending all this money on creating awareness and raising consciousness and maybe social liberation and things like, um, well, you think about TV advertising, you know, LeBron selling a, a mirror tonal fitness thing that hangs on the wall. 
who of us actually believes, by the way, that that's the gym equipment he uses? <laughs> nobody. Nobody <laughs> believes that. But it's social. It gave us social liberation. He's endorsing that. So it's not a, a wrong technique, but it can't take me all the way through to buying that thing, right? Mm -hmm. I guess I can't say I can't, but it won't for most people. And when, especially when you get into B2B situations where you've got these complex buy, sell, large CapEx, multiple decision makers, influencers who don't really have the ability to say yes, but they can kill the deal. You know, now we're, we're getting into these, this really complex thing. You've got to have a way like Sam Issa, who, I mean, think about diagnosing a body that's not working right. How many systems are there? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a complex thing, yeah. Yeah. right? They call it practice of medicine, right? Yeah. So the, the idea and, and is- And not making the mistake yeah. of getting caught up in trying to diagnose the symptoms. What fantastic insights we are getting into in this episode. If this resonates with you and is provoking and of value, please consider the best-selling book of Get a Vision and Live It by your host, Larry Olson at LarryOlsonLive.com. Thousands of our listeners have found tremendous value from Larry's book, which has been an inspiration to Mindset Playbook's guests. You'll find everything you need to live the best version of your life while accomplishing things now that were once only imagined. The results you'll get will absolutely amaze you. Find the book at LarryOlsonLive.com. And now let's get back. You won't want to miss what's to come on this episode of Mindset Playbook. Absolutely. And you that know. happens in marketing and sales too, right? We, mm -hmm. we see the symptoms, uh, you know, the, the symptoms of marketing, um, you know, the bad marketing is a, a ton of awareness. Hey, we got all these people to our website or all these people came to the trade show and nothing happened. Well, why? Well, because there was no, no science applied. There was the middle of the funnel and late stage closing. There was no sales and marketing alignment and coordination of how to help those people change behavior. But the, the treating of the symptom looks like this. Fire the agency, get a new CMO. You know, the, mo the new CMO, the, the lifetime of a CMO in today's environment is now under two years. Hmm. You don't have a chance. Well, think about it. You've got, I'm selling a multi-million dollar thing and I've got two years to prove it. Well, the, the sales cycle is 18 months, right? Mm -hmm. To close this deal. So now I've got six months as a new CMO to come in, make all the changes to try to not get fired. That's, yeah. that's getting rid wow. of the symptoms. So in, instead of, I mean, ask, I, I don't care what your foundation is. That's not true. I do. It's got to be science. It's got to be, uh, I, nobody needs one more marketer out there with a bunch of hubris and hype talking about the system that works. Right. I mean, Ask your ask your CMO when you're interviewing them. Ask your sales, your SVP. What explain to me the process and what the buyer's needs are at every stage. And if they can't articulate an early stage deal from a late stage deal and what you should be doing and how technology should support it, how marketing should support, and how um, how the the sales should support in a, in a centricity way, in a in a way focused on the buyer or the buyers, then you've got the wrong person, and you're going to end up firing them two years later. You're going to be frustrated with wasting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, or you're going to fire your agency again. You know, I if I'm interviewing an agency, I want to see somebody that starts by saying, "All right, we're not going to show you the sexy stuff. We're going to show you the close ratio." of the late stage deal pipeline. 
okay, I don't even, you're hired. <laughs> you're, that's, <laughs> that's the group I want right there. Um, in fact, when we go in, uh, I, gosh, Larry, I'm just chattering like a so, junior so high girl. Share, <laughs> share with us the, an example of what a first stage versus third stage buyer. Yeah, what's all that even mean? Um, yeah, what so does that, that mean? Incentricity, we would say, um, so early stage, we'll, we'll call it a one-two conversion or a conversion of somebody who's pre-contemplating, which is a much better word than saying unaware, okay. right? Because we just got done talking about awareness. Okay. Awareness doesn't change anything. What you've got to do is take somebody who's not contemplating and move them over to contemplating, Okay. Right. Yep. That's much more powerful. Who cares if you're aware of the Ford Edsel? Who wasn't aware of the Ford Edsel? Everybody right. knew yeah. the Edsel. It was the thing. Yeah. Nobody contemplated buying one, though. <laughs> so there's two processes that are effective to take people from pre-contemplating to contemplating. And those are the science points to the consciousness raising. So okay. help me understand as a prospect. Remember, this is customer-centric. Help me understand how this might matter to me. That's why I started this conversation by saying, listeners, lower your customer acquisition costs, lower, increase your lifetime value, waste less money on marketing, right? That didn't, none of that had to do with me. It had to do with your listener, right? So we've got a consciousness raised to get somebody to think about this at all and to begin to contemplate this. We're social liberation. Gosh, Larry Olson spoke. You do this on your own website. You're a you're an incredible speaker. You're a keynote speaker. You do amazing consulting work, um, and and I think you should check out LarryOlsonLive.com. I mean, it's incredible. You just poke around, go in there, and Larry does this technique of social liberation. You, he lists some incredible companies, some Fortune 50 companies that he's worked for. Well, that's social liberation. That's an incredibly good example of it. Like, oh well, if What's your, what's your kind of your most proud? Like if you want to impress somebody at the cocktail party, who's your go-to Larry? Yeah. I, you know, typically I, I will, I won't even answer that question in the sense of telling them what the company is. I will find out what they're dealing with in their life right now. And that's centricity. Name, that's name dropping, <laughs> name dropping um, to me is low self-esteem. So when I, because I was there, trust me. And when I make it about them, which is what you folks are doing, uh, and they actually are interested, and I know they're interested because they're asking follow-up questions, because they want to find out more about how this may free them or get them on another track, similar, very similar to what you're doing. Um, and they, they go, well, have you ever seen a challenge a company faced when they, when they got off of purpose? I go, yeah, Pepsi. Pepsi is a great example. Oh, is Pepsi a client of yours? Yeah, yeah. One time Pepsi was a client. And, you know, right. well, how, how'd they get off track? Well, they tried to get into the food industry. They bought the right. Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, they had to yeah. get out of it because they brands. realized they're, they're a beverage company. Right. And I think, I think any time we get the opportunity to actually personify what it is we are perpetuating out there as a way of living life or how to market or whatever it may be, we have to exemplify it. And perfect. Right. So perfect. Yeah. 
Well, so you wouldn't mention that you worked for Pepsi or State Farm or a number of other. Not, not unless it came. I'm having fun with you here, Larry. I hear you. you. I hear you. <laughs> no, I would. Back most. But of my- it is. I. I think it's fair to do it, and social liberation can look a lot of different ways. I think it would be fair to say I worked with uh, who was the Pepsi CEO, Sully, Scully. Yeah, Scully. Scully. Yeah, I worked with Sully. I mean, he's known to be what the guy that almost killed Apple, but um, he was an incredible executive. I mean, come on, really, be real. Pepsi's not fooling around. Yeah. Um, And I and I just work with um, procurement anyway. That division. Oh, really. Wow, and, you should be really busy right now. <laughs> and they cut they cut a billion dollars off of doing say the cost of business in a year and a half. Wow. And yeah, nobody knows that. You know what I'm saying? Um Yeah, that's incredible. But that's social liberation, right? Yep, you got it. So those are effective things. You off track here. No, no, you're not. This is brilliant. Uh, so what you did by sharing those things is you got a, a potential prospect to do two things. One, they could self-identify as you're not the person that could help them, right? Okay. Oh, I don't right. have a procurement problem. I'm not, right. I don't need that level. I'm too small. I'm not, yeah. I'm a, you know, whatever. Or they went, huh, that's interesting. I, I might be interested in that. I'm facing procurement problems. I've got whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to learn more about uh, what this Larry guy does. And that's great. Then you, then you move into techniques like emotional arousal and rational reevaluation, which often are used by ad agencies to move people from pre-contemplating to contemplating. But they're actually much more effective taking somebody from contemplating to preparing so you just did it very naturally emotional arousal or rational i'd probably go with rational uh, when you said a billion dollars right oh okay i'm really interested in that now (laughs) so that was rational emotional arousal might be when i said um waste less money on bad marketing Mm-hmm. Right. You could yeah. you could get the boat you want if you'd quit wasting the money and time. Your mm-hmm. business is two to three years behind where it should be because you're wasting money and time on bad marketing and misaligned marketing technology and sales technology. Anyway, so that's one example. Another example that's often um, and, and where we start, we call it selling backward. So the, the easiest way to cash is not taking somebody from pre-contemplating to contemplating to preparation to action to exchange when they're a customer. It's much better to look at the people who are close to action. They've asked you, what would it look like if we worked together? What are, you know, show me what that looks like. Or, or even if we hired you, what, what would that cost? What would the process be? Those kinds of questions. Let's start with that list of people and increase your close rate because they're already there. They're already, they've already gone through pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation. I can't tell you the number of people that we've worked for or clients we've worked for who they kept firing agencies because they couldn't pull people through the whole funnel. And the, the, the funny thing is their databases had gold in them. Well, they should have just started. They don't need more names. They just need to close the people they already knew. You know, like yeah. here's a challenge, Larry, and and listeners, think about the five customers, and you know them. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, they're not customers yet. The five prospects that you know you could serve really well, and you know it would be a fit, and you know you could make money, and you know you could help solve their problems. What would the value to your business be, let's say top line revenue, if you could close those five? Let's say you if you could close two of those five, 
okay, what's the net income difference if you could close two of those five names? Well, that should be a number that's worth thinking about, right? Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you start there? Why wouldn't you apply? And the science, the interesting thing about the science, I mentioned emotional arousal, rational reevaluation, consciousness raising, social liberation, all those things ad agencies are really good at. None of them make a difference moving somebody from that action, wanting to know what it looks like to work together to being a customer. Mm -hmm. But I bet, I bet your presentations look like some of that stuff. If your marketing team doesn't know how to apply behavioral science, I bet they did use those first four processes. Mm -hmm. What has to happen is showing and building helping relationships. How can we bring in a diagnostic process or building a, a defined private public commitment structure? And we're doing a, a series um, on Aligned is it okay for me to mention my podcast on your podcast? Please. I hope so. Please. Yes. So aligned at fitzmartin.com. You can find it there. Um, and it's on all the regular things. But we're doing a podcast. I'm doing a series with a guy named Donald Kelly, who's an SVP of sales type. And Donald and I are doing a whole piece on centricity and breaking down each of these processes because we could easily spend an hour talking about any of them. But the key thing is if you don't understand the difference between closing late stage and early stage, you're never going to do the right things at the right time. And that's where you're wasting your money and not closing the deals. So I mentioned private commitment, public commitment. I think it's the critical one. Does your sales process and has your marketing team equipped sales and even your organization to allow for a private commitment, public commitment model? So let's think about this, Larry. You're sitting on the executive team at, at a large company. And I come in and say, I can make, I can save you a billion dollars in your process. My first reaction on that executive team is, all right, tell me about that. And I might let you in, or I might let Fitzmartin in to poke around a little bit, do a diagnostic. But am I going to take you to the executive team the first time I hear of you? No, Typically right? Not. Yeah. Too much risk. Too much risk of, of I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to look like an idiot to the executive team. So how many of you have a private commitment stage and you understand that and you know you're going to go upside down probably in your cost of sales at that point because people aren't going to pay you what your services are really worth. They should pay you because you're modeling an exchange relationship that has to come later and you should deliver some value. But somebody in your operations department is going to say, well, wait, we, why are we working for free? Well, here's the answer why we're working for free or next to free. I'm being a little rhetorical. But you know, private commitments have to happen before I'll bring you to the executive team. Um, we're, we're literally seeing this happen uh, in our business right now with a, one of the larger uh, accountancies in the country. We did a $5,000 diagnostic process on a specific part of their business dev world. And the result of it was we demonstrated opportunities for them to do more business, to close more uh, at a higher lifetime value and keep more customers and using marketing technologies that they're not using. And the result of that was tell us more about that action, give us a price on it, and then we're going to put you in front of the management committee. That's, that was a perfect example of one person who said, show me first. Then 
I'll let you do this publicly and brought us to the table. So market marketing has to understand that, right? That's real world selling. Mm -hmm. uh, so what has marketing done to build that process, to price that process, to to let people know that they've got the options to do that, to teach yeah. and train sales, right? Yeah. Last Wednesday, well, you're, I, I, you're yeah. overcoming the, the potential saboteurs by by yeah. involving them and getting them comfortable and understanding, and because that is, as we all know, I have never found success being invited through a human resource department. And I and, and it's a great department, wonderful services and whatnot, but it's a different lane. And I think if we don't know who our buyers are, and sometimes we overlook those because of the position they're in, as opposed to putting them in the position to be able to support secondhand, thirdhand, like you're sharing, that's just such a critical piece. You know, I, I got a million questions. We've reached a t our time frame here, and it happened like that. Uh, you are fascinating, by the way. And oh, here's what I would like to do for our listeners, um, both small and large business owners. What would you like them to be thinking about in just a few mm. minutes to kind of, kind of get them to to want to go that next step, which is is setting up an opportunity to engage with you and your company. Yeah, well, even if you don't engage with my company, I want you to hear the promise I said for our clients that have closed loop reporting, they're making $284 for every dollar they spend with us. We are applying this science. We are not super geniuses. We're not special people. We've just found some amazing science. It's it's true. It's science that's vetted. It works in business. The application of it, uh, it gives the executive team the way to to kind of untangle this, especially the marketing thing. Most executives love sales. They like it, right? They're the heroes, the guys that closed the deal and hit the number that last quarter. Marketing, who understands those people, right? So if your marketing team and your sales team aren't talking, if they don't have a common language, if they don't, if marketing doesn't know how to help late stage, and if, and here's the, here's the symptom, sales says to marketing, get away. Maybe not that ugly, but the, the, a deal's coming up late and somebody in the marketing team says, hey, Larry, can I, what can I do to help you close that deal? Nothing, nothing. I got it. I got it. Just stay away, right? So sales doesn't know if marketing knows anything about closing deals and they probably haven't proven it. So at the very least, get your, get your marketing people to understand a framework and to do it together, a playbook, right? You're a playbook guy. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong. And I've already told you the name of the book. It's Changing for Good um, by Norcross, Perchachka, and Di Clemente. I keep a copy of it. I mean, that's a well-loved book, right? I mean, I've yeah. studied this thing. Um, and just read that book. And, and you can also come to fitsmartin.com, F-I-T-Z-M-A-R-T-I-N.com slash free help. And the framework we use is available to you. And I am more than glad to talk to you. I just, I'm, I'm old enough now. I just want to help and share. Occasionally, we'll find somebody that we want to work together with, and that's awesome. But um, that's not my expectation. You've got safety. It's okay. It's okay to talk to me. <laughs> and the other thing, Larry, that you were so kind um, 
three years ago now, uh, Rock Bench Publishing out of Nashville uh, published uh, a book called Shift, S-H-I-F-T. I think it's still on Amazon. Um, I need to check on that. But uh, Larry offered to, to buy five listeners uh, a copy of the book, and I will ship it to you. Just send it. You can send it to me, Sean, at Fitzmartin.com. Just send me an email, S-E-A-N at Fitzmartin, F-I-T-Z-M-A-R-T-I-N.com. And uh, I will ship it, and uh, I will, you can send the thank you note to Larry. Thank you for doing that, Larry. Uh, well, that's very generous of you. And you know, I know that we hear a, a lot of individuals and they make a lot of promises and all of them are so enticing, uh, but seldom do our listeners hear and know that there's a caring element that underlies that. And you personify that. I, uh, I got a feel about you and, you know, and it's very pure and honest and and I think that's what's lacking. Some people can have the best processes in the world that'll help us get where we want to go. But the journey mm. is struggle and it's not any fun because we're not mm. connecting with the people that are assisting us. And to have yeah. both of those work, a great process and people who care, uh, sounds like Fitz Martin. And um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I, and I thank you for investing your time with us today, Sean. Oh, it was a great investment of time. And I actually enjoyed the preparation and learning and reading about you and uh, listening to some of your your podcast guesting and, and seeing some of your keynote. You're, you're actually really good on stage. I'd, I'd be pumped up. Yeah. Uh, it's and not a gift. the first one out of town, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank anyway. you, Larry. Hey, it's been a pleasure. And I want to thank all our, you listeners. You, you've got so many choices not only in life, but what you listen to and you chose us today. And, and we hope you got a great ROI and what your time you got. And you put it, spend a dollar with this company. There's 264. Was that 84? Don't shortchange me. <laughs> or change him 20 bucks, uh, which is a great return on investment. So always remember everyone that wherever you are right now is exactly where you need to be. The timing couldn't be more perfect to make those choices that align with your vision. And remember, without the vision, you're driving into the future, looking through the rearview mirror and stop making choices based on what you want to avoid and make them on what you want to accomplish. And Sean, you gave us a great avenue to help accelerate our business revenues. And thank you again. And uh, stay tuned and listen to who our next guest will be. Thanks again. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. Speaking of high performance, Larry's next guest is Jeremy Miner. Jeremy is the chairman of 7th Level, a global sales training company that was ranked number 1,232nd of the fastest growing companies in the United States by Inc. Magazine's list of top 5,000 companies in 2021. The embodiment of his philosophy has made him one of the wealthiest sales professionals on the planet, coming in at 45th out of 100 million salespeople. Interested in accelerated growth? Then don't miss this one.